This podcast is for you if you want to learn about the wonderful and wacky world of the English language and the people who speak it. If you want to learn English, speak English, and understand different speakers of English, then you're in the right place and you're going to love our podcast episode today. Welcome to English World with Chris Americos. We are a team of language lovers, expert teachers, and native speakers who are on a mission to help people around the world speak English and show the world their true value. We correct mistakes, practice pronunciation, and explore grammar rules while drinking coffee and having fun. So get comfortable, relax, grab a pen and paper, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by English Every Day, an unlimited speaking practice program where you can join live speaking practice lessons with professional native teachers five times every day. There are a lot of courses on the internet and a lot of useful videos too, but the one thing that is missing for most English learners is practice. And if you need speaking practice, then English Every Day is for you. So click the link in the description or go to chrisamericoast.com to learn more today. All right. So today we are here with David DJ Wells and DJ and I have known each other for a long time now, I think, uh, in two different countries across oceans, a long distance. And, um, and so, you know, I saw what you were doing recently, the new thing that you've been doing with YouTube, social media, and it's really interesting. And so I'm excited today to learn more about that. So DJ, could you just kind of tell us what it is that you do? Like, what what's the name that applies to this? I decided that I wanted to do a YouTube channel that was dedicated and fit into something that I was already doing in life without having to create something new or be inauthentic to myself. So I decided to document my lock journey. And I was able to, yeah, everyone on YouTube, a lot of people talk about niching down and finding your niche. Um, but I wanted to find something in that, that, like I said, it felt authentic to myself, but what would make me stand out against others and something in the niche that I'm in is it's heavily saturated with women. Um, so I figured why not have a man in this spot? And I guess what sets my locks apart from other lock journeys I've been on in the past is that I specifically talk about micro locks, um, which is a different form of locks. In the past, I've had traditional locks and now I have micro locks. So that is okay. what I've been doing for the past couple of years. So, so for all the people who maybe aren't watching right now, right? Cause this is going to be uh, on our, uh, our audio only podcast too. So the okay. people who, who, don't know what locks are and like don't know what what we're talking about right now or maybe they heard locks and they started thinking about some kind of dish that you that you eat or maybe <laughs> uh a fish right yeah <laughs> no I'm, I'm joking but but like if we you know people who have no experience in this world at all who are listening right now how can we describe what locks are and what it is like what's a lock journey Right. Yeah. So for someone who has no idea what locks are, it is a, a hairstyle, depending on the person. Some people make it into this whole like spiritual journey and something really deep. And, you know, if that's what it is for you, that's awesome. For me, it's not that serious or not that deep. Uh, for me, it's just a hairstyle that I guess from a young age, I never liked 
myself necessarily with extremely short hair. And in the black community, one of the like really popular haircuts is like a bald fade. So I guess my whole life growing up, like I always had a bald fade, which is where your hair is really short. And then on the sides, it's like faded, I guess, from like a really, really almost bald. That's why it's called bald fade into like gradients of more hair on your head as it goes up. Uh, I don't think I look bad with that, but I just like I had a, a cousin, Justin, who's a year older than me. And when we were younger, he always had longer hair and he would always wear it in a fro or he would wear it in cornrows or braids of some sort. And so I just always looked up to him and was like, man, I really like his hair. And so as I got older and a little bit more bolder uh, and stopped caring so much about what other people thought, then I was like, cool. So when I say lock journey, it's just a, a journey that I have gone on with my hair. Again, some people take it a little bit more serious than others. Um, but I think when people refer to it as a journey, it's just because in the black culture and community, hair has been something that has been very controversial, uh, specifically here in the States and some other countries too. And so learning to embrace your natural hair, the texture that it is, uh, is kind of why it's a journey and sticking with it from day to day, year to year and, and whatnot. And so back to your original question of what locks are, it is simply taking your hair and styling it in a way that over time it locks on itself and then it stays in that locked form. So then you're not combing it or brushing it, but I'll go ahead and get out any misconceptions that just because you have locks and you're not combing or brushing your hair, that does not mean your hair is dirty. I wash my hair regularly, shampoo, conditioner, all that good stuff. So it is a very clean uh, a hairstyle. And so, yeah. So on your channel, you show people how to make the locks themselves for, with their hair, or you show them how to take care of it? Or like, uh, what do you do on your channel? It's a bit of a hodgepodge. I do a little bit of everything because this particular journey, and I say journey because every time I've cut my hair and started over, I consider it the next set of locks, the next journey. So this one marks the fifth, I believe, journey that I've been on. And so I feel like since I've been doing this myself with my hair for over 10 years, I have a lot of experience and it's something that I'm knowledgeable on. I'm not a licensed professional or anything like that. I just have, like I said, personal knowledge and experience with it. And so I figured I would start sharing that on YouTube for men who also wanted to have locks, but also for women, because, you know, sometimes a woman might be able to relate to the way that my hair looks more than another woman's because her hair texture and thickness might be more so like mine than someone else that she sees. So yeah, I, I do tutorials. Um, I teach how to start locks from different methods because there's a lot of different methods that you can use to start locks with. Um, so yeah, I do everything from teaching to instructing how to care for, maintain, and just general knowledge about locks. And you mentioned something really interesting uh, that this space has so many women in it. And mm -hmm. so... Have you found other men in this space who who are doing something similar or 
um you know it's it does seem like like an interesting move because of the audience and maybe that helps too to help it helps you stand out right yeah i have found that it it helps me to stand out and i mean even in the marketing i, I don't want to like call myself a marketer because i, I don't want to give myself that much credit but when i was choosing color palettes and you know lights that would be behind me and just things like that i thought about that and you know chose the pinks the purples and things like that that appeal to more of a woman uh female audience but there are some men in this i think with traditional locks the the thicker locks that people are probably used to seeing there are a lot more men in that space but in this space with the the smaller micro locks or sister locks there are very few men and that i at least have seen there are some but not i don't think i've seen any that are doing tutorials or teaching um how-to hairstyles or anything like that so i've been able to occupy a missing piece in that niche really cool man um and what did you study at university something completely not related um so in the States, I went to school out in Texas and I, well, okay. So first I was studying at Valdosta State University and I was studying psychology and Spanish. And oh, wow. yeah, I changed my mind a lot in life and I'm really spontaneous, which is why this is the fifth lot journey that I'm on. Um, but so yeah, psychology and Spanish. And then I changed my major and changed my school, went out to Texas, went to Abilene Christian University, studied Bible and missions. And that's what I got my degree in uh, my undergrad. And then I think like a year and a half or two years after I finished school in the States, then I moved to Russia and lived there for seven years, which is where we met. And I was studying Russian linguistics there. And so I got uh, certified in Russian language and linguistics. So there's really a lot under those locks. <laughs> there literally is a lot. Yes. <laughs> so that's, a, and, and they're like really different areas too, to, to study. I mean, language, Spanish, Russian, this is kind of similar, right? But so, so I guess like what finally was that thing that pushed you over the edge that was like, I have to tell people about locks now because so many years of, of, other focused stuff and and you know what i mean yeah like i have gone back and forth with the idea of being a content creator for several several years now and i've had friends who have been like you should just do it they've given me ideas and whatnot um of like different topics and channels that i could possibly do and nothing just ever stuck i was like i, I want to do it but i don't know what to do and if I'm going to do something, I want it to be something that I can sustain and continue doing for several years. Like I said, something that felt true and authentic to, to me as a person. So I wasn't having to create a character or create this world that isn't part of my daily life. And so I don't know, one day it just clicked with me and I'm like, I so I started this particular YouTube channel, I believe four months into this lock journey. So I had already started the lock journey. And then I was like, this is my fifth lock journey. And when I was going online, like I said, I was looking and I was watching a bunch of other things, other people. And 
all I saw was women talking about these smaller size locks. And I'm like, there's no guys. There's no one that looks like me that I can look at and see where my locks may mature to and look like a year from now, two years from now. And so I wanted to fill that void. And I'm like, that could be me. Instead of me looking for someone else to fill that void, I should fill that void. And so that's kind of how this was birthed and how this all came about. So, you know, you've mentioned different hairstyles. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of the people who are listening, they might not be familiar with all these different hairstyles and terminology. So I guess the main term here is lock, right? So mm -hmm. uh, honestly, I've always heard people say dreadlock. I thought it was right. dreadlock. And so, so who would use the term lock and who would use dreadlock or, you know, most of the people who are listening and watching are people who are learning English. They might be mm -hmm. in another country, not so familiar with U.S. culture. That's why uh, they they might know what a dreadlock is, right? And sure. is there a difference between dreadlock and lock? And I've also heard some people say dreads. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it depends on who you talk to. There's no, the, the simple answer is no, they're the same thing. There's no difference. The difference is just, trying to catch language up with the times um they're you know some people still refer to them you know who have them as dreadlocks but then other people have consciously decided that because there's a negative connotation with the word dread in the english language you know something yeah. is dreadful it's horrible it's hideous it's whatever and because there has been so much negative talk and there's a stigma around locks like i said that they're unclean unkept that people with them you know may smoke different things and you know listen to a certain type of music so there's there's stereotypes that are associated with with dreadlocks there's you know negative like i said stigmas about the cleanliness of them and the type of people that wear them and so i think it's just people trying to take back their their power, their authority to say like, okay, I'm not going to call them dreadlocks because there's nothing dreadful about my hair. So we just refer to them as locks. Yeah. H have you ever been stigmatized like that? Like, has there ever been a situation where just because you've got your locks on, like people would oh, treat you differently? Absolutely. Especially in Russia. I mean, I live <laughs> in Atlanta and there's so many people here with locks and just people here who know about different types of hairstyle. And so here, I wouldn't say that I've ever run into it. Um, but in Russia, because, you know, there aren't a lot of people that look like me, especially in the city that I lived in for seven years. Um, and so not having that knowledge about African American hair and hair texture and stuff like that, I would be stigmatized a lot of times, you know, people would come up and be like, Oh, you know, I bet you smoke. And I'm like, No, I, I, I don't. But um, <laughs> it's cool that you think I do or you know asking me if I could wash my hair and I'm like yeah or they'd say you know how do you wash your hair and I say the same way that you do <laughs> like get in get in the shower let the water hit my head put shampoo in like literally the exact same way that any other human wash their hair yeah. um so yeah just misconceptions like I said about people not knowing and not trying to be vicious or rude or malicious just honestly not knowing so i didn't take offense to it at all but in the states that stigma you, you don't think that, that that happens right 
No, I'd be lying if I said in the States it didn't happen. In my state, in my city, I should say, not even in my state because Georgia is a big place. But in Atlanta, no, because there are a lot of Black people in Atlanta. And so I think that it's a pretty diverse culture and people are pretty cultured here. But if you go in other places, smaller cities um, and certain states, there's probably still those stigmas and people feel the same way or think the same way that people in Russia or other countries might. So it's definitely here too. Yeah. And I'm wondering also about like professional situations, like corporate America, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. do they look at locks differently? Like people, do, do you have to have a certain hairstyle to work in a certain place, I guess is, or does it make it yeah. more difficult to get a job? Absolutely, which is why, and now that I'm on the spot, I don't know what year it was passed, but I want to say within the last year or two that the Crown Act was passed. I don't think it's in all 50 states. I'll have to go back and look, but in a lot of states where you cannot discriminate against a person based on their natural hair. I mean, you know, if they've got some crazy mohawk that they put a bunch of gel in and made it spiky. So if they hit somebody with their hair, they're going to impale them. Then that's one thing. Um, but if it's just your natural hair growing out of your scalp, people are not supposed to be able to discriminate against you for uh, work positions, for school education or anything like that. Although it still does happen. I mean, there's still, you hear stories. I just heard a story, I think a couple of weeks ago about a wrestler who wasn't allowed to compete because of his locks. And he was told that he had to cut his locks off if he wanted to compete in the wrestling match. And then another one that was expelled or not expelled, but suspended from school because of his locks. Um, so there is still that, um, which is actually a reason why a lot of people and especially women are leaning towards the, the smaller locks now is because of how they're perceived in the workplace, thicker traditional locks, because there, there is still that stigma and from Hollywood and stuff like that, you know, it comes with a certain thought that it it is associated with like gang life or, you know, drugs and things like that. And so those same stigmas come into the workplace. So that way, if someone sees you, they might have those perceptions of you before even speaking to you just from looking at your hair. Um, and so with these smaller locks, they give an appearance of natural hair or not locked hair a lot of times and so a lot of women who are trying to climb the corporate ladder in america will go for the smaller size and men too now because they don't want to be discriminated against solely by their hair you know they want to be judged on their character their personality their merit and whether or not they can get the job done at the end of the day and not by their hair on top of their head it seems like a crazy topic to even discuss but yeah, uh, but it does come up. It does come up. So, I mean, but what about for you? Like, let's say we're just walking down the street and you see somebody with thick, nappy dreads. And is your first thought going to be maybe he associates with the people that, that the stereotype exists for? Or like... Um you know what i mean like does that stereotype yeah. exist within the within the community of people who who might also have it like you make the conscious oh. choice because of the stereotypes that other people have about it but right 
does yeah it ex it exists yeah. in the in the in the lock community as well and it exists in the black community as well which like you i mean you already stated it perfectly that that is why people consciously make the decision to go for a smaller size so it's like the best of both worlds you still get your locks but you get a different look from it and it's not the traditional look it's not the look that's you know looked down upon or frowned upon and so it definitely plays a part and yeah and that's something i mean that's a whole nother topic for another day but yeah <laughs> even in the black community there's a lot of self hate and stigmatizing that we do in our own community because of things that we've experienced in the past that cause us to judge ourselves even to this day yeah there's it's such a big topic so but but dreads locks dreadlocks uh not something to dread of course but we uh you mentioned mohawks and that was really cool mm -hmm. because yeah it's kind of like a danger dangerous uh hairstyle or something and and so like maybe someone could argue like with locks swinging around that this could be dangerous it could hit so right someone could try to make this argument but you know what nobody ever makes the argument that a girl's ponytail is dangerous but the same it's this right. like she swings her head like yeah. no one would ever comment on on a like a blonde girl's long ponytail <laughs> right 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 so yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, and i it never is, thought about is, that before yeah it is it it is definitely interesting and i mean i get that depending on your work environment that there are different rules and regulations you know if you're working around food you obviously have to wear a hairnet you don't want loose hair because it can get in the food so in certain situations it makes sense you know if someone tells you you can't wear your hair down to work you need to wear it back and so okay like you can work with that but when it's specifically about a hairstyle unless it is distracting so if you have a pink purple and green mohawk and you're working in corporate america trying to sell i don't know microchips <laughs> right yeah then it might be a little distracting when you're in a meeting with a bunch of other people to focus on the presentation that you're making if they're looking at your hair that's standing five feet in the air you know yeah. with all these colors so in that instance i can totally understand it but again if people are keeping their hair well manicured and clean then i don't think that locks should be something that is in that same category as a mohawk or something else that's causing distraction i i guess if the locks were multicolored and were like waist length which then, is possible then yeah. it might be more distracting but really distracting yeah <laughs> absolutely i've seen some people who have something similar and definitely caught my eye but you know <laughs> i uh but and i've seen the mohawks too those are definitely more distracting i think but okay let's go on to some other hair type hairstyles that i think have also been mentioned like you mentioned the fro or the mm -hmm. afro right mm -hmm. what is like for people who don't really know what it is how do we describe this different from locks right um froze or afros 
are typically associated with black people but i mean there's white people who have very curly kinky hair too and so they're able to achieve a fro but it's just when your hair is extremely coily and kinky and you know as it grows instead of it growing down it grows up and out and so you end up with the a ball almost of hair or yeah it's just the, it's the form that it takes on as it grows out and so it's just your loose hair but because it's kinky and coily it grows up and out instead of down and it can also be styled that way right like with a pick sure. with a like pick a, yeah have you ever tried that have you ever done that or that's not your hair type I, or it is because my hair as it grows out it is very kinky and coily so my hair up until it gets to a certain length because i mean gravity is going to take into effect at some point anyway so you know your hair is only going to get so big before it starts weighing down but um yeah as when my hair is shorter as it grows out it would naturally grow out like that and then you style it with the pick i personally don't like the way that i look with the fro uh but i've seen other people that i'm like i really love that look on them so I don't personally choose to rock a fro, uh, but I like them on other people. Uh, let's see. Another one is cornrows. Mm-hmm. And I and a lot of times people, like even, even I probably, if I see them, I, I won't be able to tell you the difference between cornrows and like other kinds of braids. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, how do you describe cornrows? So cornrows... Again, I probably should look on the internet before going and putting something out into the universe, but I'm going oh, to Oh no, if you don't fact check me. I mean you're you're <laughs> the locks guy. So if if cornrows isn't where we need to go, then No, no, no. I can go there. I'm just gonna say I'm I'm gonna disclaimer say what I say. And if it's not true, somebody can fact check me later. But I think the reason that it was given the name cornrows is because if you look at a cornfield, you have these like perfectly symmetrical rows of corn and so that's what you do with your hair so the difference between corn rows and then braids is that a braid would be like an individual thing so you know you have a section of hair that you braid down and you've got that individual section of hair whereas with corn rows they go flesh to the scalp and i mean they don't have to necessarily go back in straight lines people get really creative and do designs with them but you have these parts you part your hair going back or however you want to style it. And they're just very clean rows or lines of braids that are braided down to your scalp. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried that? I have, but I'm really tender headed, so it doesn't work well for me. (laughs) I end up having to take a lot of headache medicine afterwards. I remember the last time I got my hair cornrowed it was in in Russia while I was there. And um, one of my friends, she's from Congo. And so she, you know, and they, we have a joke in, in our community, but like Africans will braid. We say, <laughs> we say that they will catch every single piece of hair, no matter how short it is and get it into the braid. And they can even braid the ancestors in there because that's how like, and it's, oh gosh, yeah. She braided every single hair that I had on my head and it was so tight and it looked amazing. Like every single time that she did it, it looked amazing, but I couldn't sleep at night because it hurt so bad. And that's not everybody's case. Like if you're not tenderheaded, then, you know, you're good to go. But I, I just can't cornrows. They, they hurt my scalp (laughs) 
and I end up having to take like three ibuprofen. It's not worth it then. It is so not worth it. And then I end up having to take it out the next day because I didn't sleep the night before. So yeah, it wasn't worth it. So another hairstyle that I've heard mentioned a lot in my lifetime, but never really understood what exactly it is, is mm -hmm. the weave. Man, we have a lot of hairstyles and things. So <laughs> a weave is when you take, there's different like categories of weave, but a weave is when you take either synthetic hair or human hair um, and you weave it into your own hair. So a lot of times women can get their hair cornrowed, you know, either in like a beehive kind of where it goes in a circle around your head or in braids back. And then you'll take these, like it's on a weft, I think it's called a weft. And then, you know, the hair is hanging from that. And so you have your cornrow and then they will take a thread and needle and they'll actually weave this weft of hair into your hair. And so that's why it's called a weave. So there's like full weaves where your actual hair is completely covered. There's partial weaves where part of your hair is covered and then part of your hair is out. And so it just, yeah, there's a lot of different types of, of weaves. That's so cool. Cause I've never like come into contact personally with, with that ever. Uh, <laughs> like my, you can see my hair, so it's not situated for any kind of, no, it's not ready for a weave <laughs> part yet. Yeah. Uh, so another one that I like had never heard before, but found today preparing to to chat today uh, is mm -hmm. Bantu knots. Okay. Have you, have you heard of this? I have, and I did them once for my channel, just as a tutorial to show people how to do them. Um, Bantu, again, I, gosh, I'm not the, the person to come to for like the actual historical facts, but there is a historic, I, I don't know if it's a tribe, but it comes from African culture and it's literally just taking the hair and twisting it on top of itself so that you get this, like, it's not even a knot, but it's just the hair folded and twisted on top of itself. And so you do a bunch of them all over your head. And if you've ever seen the matrix, um, yeah. I think the second and third one, maybe the first one too, but Trinity, Jada Pinkett Smith, her character. So she's got the Bantu knot. So it's like the the bunch of little like balls or twists that are on top of her head. It looks real unique. Like it, <laughs> <laughs> not, a, I, I just don't see a lot of people wearing them. No. And honestly, I feel like the majority of people that do them now for YouTube or wherever do them for the style that you get afterwards. So you put these like tight twists in your hair, maybe you wear them for a day or two, but then when you take it out, your hair is wavy and crinkly. So it's more for uh, the like after look than it is for the initial look. I, did, I wouldn't have even thought about that. That's, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're missing some other kinds of styles like Okay, so you talk a lot about micro locks on your channel, and and today mm -hmm. you described, you know, we've got like the traditional ones that people probably imagine when they hear the word, and then we've got these smaller ones, and you know they're easier to take care of, right? They're 
more professional looking, you might say, mm-hmm. uh, or, or socially acceptable, whatever, sure. however you want to describe that. Uh, mm-hmm. right. So maybe there's something else that we're leaving out here. There's a, a ton of hairstyles and, and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, specifically with locks, I guess someone might ask, well, what makes a lock micro as opposed to traditional? And it, at the end of the day, it comes down to size. I mean, traditional can be anywhere from like the size of my thumb down to, I think what they consider pencil size. So if you have a pencil, that would be like the smallest that a traditional lock is supposed to be. um, If you're trying to keep to, to standards and whatnot, and then micro locks would be anything smaller than a pencil all the way down to the point where it's so thin that it almost looks like a, a strand of an individual strand of hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I could never go that small just because then the maintenance would take forever to have to go in and redo all of those every several weeks. Okay. And the, and yours, the size they are now, how often do you have to redo them? I redo mine, not redo, like I'm not going in and redoing them, but I just, I re, what is it called? Retighten like touch up? the, oh. yeah, like a touch up. So every six to seven weeks is how often I'll go in and I just take a, like a threading needle, a plastic one. Um, and I just go in and it's called interlocking and you go in at different points and that's how you retighten your hair with traditional locks. Typically you like retwist them and sometimes they use a gel to kind of hold them in place so that they don't come untwisted. But yeah, I was looking at your channel and there was something that caught my eye, you know, being a person who, uh, hasn't thought about locks recently. One thing caught my eye, uh, you have something called the pantyhose method. (laughs) <laughs> and so uh-huh. i mean it just grabbed my attention so i had to ask you you know what is that well that's good that means that the 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 thumbnail and the title is doing what it's supposed to do it's supposed <laughs> to be clickbait but it delivers on the clickbait um so like i said i i do tutorials and i instruct and teach not just for micro locks but for locks in general because i've been on several lock journeys myself um and a lot of people that want to start locks or recently have started locks have a lot of questions about how you can wash your hair without it coming undone because in the beginning stages especially if you have really short hair your locks can completely unravel come undone and then it's like you just spent this money or you spent all this time getting it done and now you have to go back and get it redone and so the pantyhose method is simply (laughs) a method where you can wash your hair without having your hair come undone. And so pretty much you just take a pair of pantyhose and you cut off the end and you twist it up. So like you have the the headband part and you put it over your locks and um, you have the knot at the top. And so when you go in the shower to wash your hair, you're able to wash without your hair being free and moving around too much. But because there's like little tiny microscopic holes in the pantyhose, it allows the water and the shampoo and the conditioner to get in there. So you're able to go in, still wash your hair, still scrub it. But like I said, you don't have to worry about the effects of your hair unraveling like you would if you didn't use the pantyhose. So that is the pantyhose method. 
Not as salacious as it sounds. <laughs> need to need to uh, trademark it or something. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not the first, so I don't know that I can trademark it. But okay, well, it's a good tip to pass down, right? So you know, I joked a little bit about my hair and and everything like this, but can anyone's hair be made into locks? I don't want to say that anyone's hair can be, but a lot of people's hair can be. Um, the the curlier your hair is, the easier it is going to be for your hair to lock. But I have seen people with completely bone straight hair get locks. Typically, they don't look good when you have bone straight hair just because straight hair doesn't lock naturally. Because my hair is so kinky and coily and the like lock pattern is tight, if I don't comb it and I don't brush it, it naturally does that. Um, bone straight hair doesn't naturally do that. It might get tangled and, you know, get nappy, but it just doesn't lock that same way. But I have seen, like I said, people with bone straight hair get it. So it is possible. Typically, people that have really straight hair or less coily hair, they have to use some type of, like substance in their hair to keep it to hold it together so it doesn't just unravel and come undone which is why they usually look pretty bad and unkept and they actually do look dirty a lot of times um just because the people that i've seen they've used like honey and other sticky substances in their hair and i just can't imagine that walking around with honey in your hair especially like in springtime and summer with bees and whatnot walking, right. running around like that's probably not a great idea or a great use of your honey i prefer the honey to be like in tea or on a pancake or something so yeah <laughs> absolutely uh, you know um i've seen different different people who you know you might not expect them to have locks go for it and try to do it mm -hmm. and all shapes sizes colors planets whatever you know uh they they've done this but everyone knows where this style comes from right mm -hmm. so do you think that when other people take this style and and use it or try to do it i mean i know that in a lot of cases they want to kind of connect with some kind of culture behind this style and like that might be something that they're pursuing in their identity sure. as a young person for example right so mm -hmm. but but is that cultural appropriation i mean this is a big discussion in the, in the states right so is yeah. this cultural appropriation i don't think it is um i can see where other people are coming from when they say that they feel like it's cultural cultural appropriation and maybe if your lock journey or your hair journey is a spiritual one for you and you feel like you're connecting to your heritage and your ancestry, then maybe I can see where you might take it a little bit more seriously. Um, but I just look at it. I'm like, it's hair. We're lucky and fortunate enough if we can grow it because there are some people who can't, whether they have, you know, illnesses or just immune deficiencies where they can't. So I'm like, hair's hair. Um, I don't know why people get so worked up about it. Uh, unless somebody's doing it for like a Halloween costume or something, just one time, just to make fun of a culture. I would see that as being rude and disrespectful and appropriating. But 
like you said, if they're doing it because they're wanting to connect to a culture, they really like the style, enjoy the style. I don't see a problem with it. Um, as long as they don't look horrible with it. Like I said, I've seen some people with <laughs> as long as they have good locks. Just, yeah, as long as they have good locks. I've seen white people with good locks, black people with good locks, Asian people with good locks. I've seen those same races with horrible looking locks. And so it, you know, crosses all spectrums. If your locks look good, awesome, go for it. If it looks like trash, let it go. Take the trash out. Like it has no place. <laughs> but um, in terms of cultural appropriation. I, I don't think so. I I just, yeah. But, you know, we, we, it sounds like you don't think so, but it sounds like you're cognizant of some voices out there that, that would say that it is right. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I only got that from your answer. Cause I haven't looked, but, but mm -hmm. like taking that the next step, further i'm just thinking right now like um you know we we talked about some of the stereotypes and one of them is about you know certain types of music certain type of lifestyle maybe criminality and things like this mm -hmm. and so there are people who for example love reggae music and right. they might associate locks with this music and then sure. go in that direction. So is it, even if it's not like a negative cultural appropriation thing, they're kind of making this decision based on this stereotype, uh, you know, like compounding the problem maybe in a way, or, or are we mm -hmm. diving too deep? Is it like you said before, it's just hair, right? So. Well, and I really, that's why I leave space that in which you picked up on for people who for them, it is a big deal. For me personally, it's not. And I don't want to invalidate anybody who does feel like it is a big deal. I'm just not going to give space or energy in my life to be like worked up about someone's hairstyle. I don't give space and energy to be worked up about someone, one, who I don't know personally, two, who isn't affecting my bank account. And, you know, it's like if you're not in my space and you're not negatively affecting me, then and you're not harming other people, like, do what you want to do. Yeah. And that applies to hair too. So I, but like I said, I do leave space, whether I agree with it or not, and understanding for people who do take it a little bit more seriously and may find it offensive, but I don't. What about um, locks? Are they popular in other countries too? I mean, because I kind of feel like it's really big here in the States, of course, mm -hmm. but I mean, stere going on stereotypes again, I, I would imagine that Jamaica, it's popular there too. I've met a lot of yeah. Jamaicans, well, with and without, but, you know, I don't know about the percentages, but, but you know, is, is this like an American phenomenon or not? No, because it honestly locks was happening way before anybody in America was rocking them, you know, like countries like Jamaica and other places. And so uh, I think just because we live in the States and we see people here more often that we're more attuned to what's happening here. But no, I definitely think it's popular um, in other countries as well. And even in countries where maybe the population of people who would wear locks, like in Russia, there aren't 
that many Black people in Yekaterinburg, for example. Um, but typically the people that are there are typically either refugees or people that are coming to study, you know, international students. And more and more I'm seeing at least that the Black students and the Black refugees that come, they will have locks. And I think that's more like a, a survival thing more so than, I mean, yeah, like you get this cool hairstyle, but it's also the reason that I started my locks before I moved to Russia was because I knew that there aren't a lot of black people in Russia, which means that the grocery stores, the hair stores, the beauty supply stores aren't going to cater to people that look like me and that have hair like me and that need certain products, you know. I can go to almost any store five minutes away from my house here and get products that are catered to my hair type and my skin type and things like that because it's so common here. But in Russia, there isn't that. I knew I wasn't going to be able to find products. I knew I wasn't going to be able to find someone who could cut my hair in a bald fade the way that it's cut here in the States or, you know, do cornrows the way that I would want them done necessarily. And so I was like, consciously making a decision that before I move to Russia, I want to have a hairstyle that I can do myself, that I can maintain myself. And so I feel like locks is one of those hairstyles that it's pretty easy for the most part uh, for the individual to maintain themselves. And so that's why you see a lot of black refugees and international students that will have locks, even when they're in other countries that aren't their own. That's, really interesting like making that choice based on utility like how useful mm -hmm. it is too and i can share that like i had to make a similar decision i never really thought about it as something uh relevant before but um yeah like my hair i just kept it short and just kept keeping it short, cutting it short, just because it was easy, just because I could take the razor and cut it myself and I didn't have to go to the barber or someone yeah. to cut it. And that was really like the whole reasoning behind the hairstyle. And so like, mm -hmm. if anyone would ever ask me to explain more, like, um, you know, it's kind of like a whole different spectrum here, but, you know, with short hair, sometimes people would come up to me like right after I had cut it, and say like oh you're some kind of skinhead or something oh, like uh -huh. because your hair's short and so right uh like now now after our discussion today i'm just kind of connecting the dots and i'm like oh i've had like a some kind of hair journey too and i've uh <laughs> you have you didn't even realize it <laughs> hearing you describe it really like opened up these memories uh of that for me but um it's so cool because like this topic is is totally new information for me like everything that we're talking about today i i didn't even know where we were going to go with this so <laughs> um one last question it's kind of personal so don't take offense i hope how do you get your teeth so white because it's <laughs> every picture on on or every cover on youtube I'm just like, you use some kind of special thing, right? I wish I had a cool story and I wish I could make a whole YouTube channel about how to get teeth, but I, I, I don't, I think it's just genes. Everyone in my family has white teeth, so there's no cool story there.
Okay. Nothing special. I, I brush twice a day and try to floss every day, but I don't most days. So yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, thank you so much, man. It was, it was fun talking and uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So obviously I'm on YouTube uh, at David J's way and pretty much that's my handle everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, I think that's all. I mean, I'm on Facebook too, but I don't know if people really use that. I just post up there just to have it there. But yeah, so David J's way on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Awesome. And we'll put all the links under the video, under the podcast episode. DJ, thank you so much, man. It was great talking. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you, everybody who's watching. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to English World with Chris Americos. Now it's your turn. Don't just listen to English, speak English with us every day. Join our English Everyday Speaking Program today. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.